I wonder what makes a normal Christmas for you. For me, a normal Christmas means being with my family. We get up in the morning and we go to church. We then come home and all help get dinner. (coughs) After dinner, we go for a walk. At three o'clock, we listen to the Queen's speech and then we open our presents. Then we play board games all evening while eating leftover turkey and Christmas cake. Of course, when you get married, you have to juggle some of your traditions to include those of your spouse. For Emily, a normal Christmas includes Buck's Fizz for breakfast, (laughs) rather less walking, and rather more cheese. I wonder what makes a normal Christmas for you. This week, the question I've heard more than any other is, will Christmas be normal this year? We all hope that it will be. Last year, we were stuck in lockdown, unable to see our loved ones. For me, it was the first Christmas in my life that I didn't see my family and I didn't go to church. Although it was better than nothing, for me personally, Zoom didn't quite count. I wonder what your experiences were. I'm sure you remember them. The disruption was very real, wasn't it? Well, here we are again, just under two weeks away from the big day. And really, we have no idea whether Christmas will be normal or not. Every day the news is packed with headlines about the new Omicron variant. And every day the guidance seems to change. At one point this week, Christmas activities were cancelled, but in the next moment, the government urged schools to put them back on again. On another day, Christmas parties were off the table, and then the next day, they were encouraged once more, only with the proviso that there was no kissing under the mistletoe and no doing unspeakable things with office photocopiers. We really do not know whether we are coming or going. Scientists are racing to find out more about this variant. And while we wait for answers, our normal Christmas hangs precariously in the balance. I've decided that amongst the real concern for our community, we have to try and laugh about such things. Because the truth is, we're all utterly sick of this pandemic. This week, I've been thinking about the very first Christmas, and I wonder whether the characters involved there used humour as a coping mechanism as well. I wonder how Joseph reacted when, having planned a divorce, the angel turned up and told him that Mary was still a virgin. Did a stifled laugh of relief fall from his lips? And after a few coarser words... I wonder whether Mary laughed a little at the absurdity of having to travel 90 miles on foot while eight months pregnant. And I wonder whether the shepherds really did lose any of their sheep when they hurried down into Bethlehem. As they struggled to round up their scattered flock afterwards, did they chuckle to themselves at the wonders they had seen? I don't know. The Bible doesn't say but I would not be surprised. Black humour is a very human response when emotions are running high. 
In all seriousness, what I want us to see is that there was nothing normal about that first Christmas. Nothing normal at all. The upset caused by unforeseen disruption was just as painful as it is today. Think about it. We feel as though our world has been taken over by an enemy virus. The Jews lived in a land taken over by an enemy army. Mary and Joseph did not go to Bethlehem for a party. They went under the threat of violence, and they knew they'd be paying more taxes as a result. Taxes they just could not afford. We feel as though our lives have been turned upside down and our ambitions put on hold. Mary had gone from being the darling of the community to the object of scandalous gossip. It's likely that Joseph took Mary to Bethlehem with him in order to save her from disgrace. There was no other reason for such a heavily pregnant woman to take such a hazardous trip. Only the men had to register for the census. And most painful of all, many of us in our world today are grieving. We've lost loved ones and we miss them greatly. Death is the great fear that the coronavirus spreads. Well, just think about all those poor people who lost their babies as the murderous Herod tried to hunt down Jesus. In fact, don't. It doesn't bear thinking about. There's a reason you never see that part in the school nativity play. I've said enough. We fear not having a normal Christmas again this year. But let us remember that there was nothing normal about that first Christmas either. It was full of the same painful disruption, the same anxiety, the same fears. Now I know that there is a danger here of the whole tone of our evening together changing. We've all been enjoying ourselves so far, but here am I talking about rather challenging things. But I hope you will see that I've done this for good reason. For it is precisely because there was nothing normal about that first Christmas that it is relevant to us today. We're not gathered here this evening to tell a fairy tale. We're not gathered here to recite wishful thinking or give ourselves a bit of a pep talk to keep us motivated. No, not at all. We are here to recount truth. A real-life event that took place in our real world, just as we know it to be. A historical reality that has the power to change our lives and our futures completely. No, the circumstances of that first Christmas were not normal. And that is very good news indeed. The reason that the Christmas story is such good news... And the reason that it really can bring hope and release to our struggles today lies in the truth of who the baby Jesus really is. Now let's get this straight. The baby Jesus was a very real human baby. The Bible says that Jesus was human in every way like us. So the baby Jesus cried. In fact, he would have wailed inconsolably at times. The baby Jesus would have been a little bit sick on his mother's shoulder as she winded him after a meal. The baby Jesus needed a nappy to stop the dirt going everywhere. All you parents out there who have been through this, the baby Jesus was just like your own children. Mary and Joseph would have struggled just like you did. 
And yet, the baby Jesus was not normal. For alongside being a very real human being, the baby Jesus was also God. God in the flesh. God incarnate. God living and breathing in human skin. And we've heard this truth in all of our readings tonight. Isaiah called on the people of Israel to get ready because the full glory of the Lord was about to be revealed. Mary was told that her child would be the son of the Most High, the Holy Son of God. And when the angel met the shepherds, they were told of the Messiah, the Saviour, the Lord come to earth. And when they found him, they were to worship, for that is the appropriate thing to do in the presence of the divine. But perhaps it was in our reading from John that this wonder was made most clear. John had a little bit more time to reflect before he penned the great words that opened his gospel. He really captured the essence of what Christmas is all about. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We've seen his glory, the glory of the one and only son who came from the father, full of grace and truth. In Jesus, the creator God entered his creation. In Jesus, the holiest being in the universe became touchable. In Jesus, the unknowable became known. The great Charles Wesley expressed the wonder of Christmas in these words. Let earth and heaven combine, angels and men agree. To praise in songs divine the incarnate deity, our God contracted to a span, incomprehensibly made man. Jesus was a very real human baby, but he was not normal. He was truly God. So why did God come to earth? This is, after all, the most important question at this time of year. It's the reason for the season, if you like. Well, on that first Christmas night, the angels appeared to the shepherds and expressed it in these words. Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favour rests. The reason that God came to earth in Jesus was to make peace. You see, God is not immune from our struggles. He sees everything that takes place on earth and it breaks his heart just as much as it does ours. He knew the misery of the Jews living under Roman occupation. He knew the the scandal that Mary went through and all the prejudice and the gossip. He knew the pain of grief as all those little children were killed. And he well knows the suffering caused by the coronavirus today. Christmas tells us that he's not unfeeling about these things. Rather, he cares in the deepest way possible. He cares enough to sacrifice himself to do something about it. In Jesus, God came to make peace. He came to put things right. That process began by God fulfilling our deepest need. He made a way for our sins to be forgiven. God had to become human so he could die a human death. 
On the cross, Jesus took all of our mistakes onto himself so that we not carry them anymore. And through his wounds, our healing was made possible. Jesus then rose again, paving the way through death for us all to follow, giving us a hope that will stand in the toughest experiences of our life, even at the gravesite. But even this is not the end of the story. The Bible promises us that just as Jesus came that first Christmas, he will come again. This time not as a baby, but as the risen and exalted king. And on that day, all the sin and evil that causes the disruption of our lives will be removed for good. All of creation will be renewed and peace will reign forevermore. This is the grand plan of God. And the historical reality of that first Christmas and that first Easter guarantee that nothing can stop it. No earthly warlords, no climate change, no pandemic. Peace is coming. And peace is possible while we wait. For Jesus remains Emmanuel, God with us by his spirit. So as we wonder and worry about whether we'll have a normal Christmas this year, let us think upon these things. That first Christmas was not normal either. Far from it. It contained all the distress that we know in our lives today. But in that distress, God was able to do something that changed things forever. He sent Jesus, a very real human baby, but who was not normal at all. Jesus was fully God. Jesus came to show God's love. He came to show God's care for you and for me. He came to make peace. Let me encourage you with this. The day you choose to believe this, the day you choose to invite Jesus into your life, is no normal day. It changes everything. As believers, we can tell the story of Jesus with great joy and great hope, even while things are a struggle around us. Maybe this Christmas is to be the one where you choose to find out more about Jesus, to give your life to him. And if you do, you will find that there's nothing normal about this year, nothing normal about this Christmas you will know the peace of God now and forever.